Hey everyone, Bill Barhead here. Welcome to the Abra Money 3.0 show where I talk about the future of money and technology. This episode is an edited audio version of a recently recorded Money Talks Live AMA. There's also a video version of this podcast available on youtube.com slash Abra Global. Again, that's youtube.com slash Abra Global. The information presented in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and should not be used or construed as an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any of the financial assets discussed. Neither Abra nor any of the participants in this podcast make any representation as to the suitability or appropriateness of these financial assets for individual investors. Investors must make their own determination either alone or in consultation with their own financial advisors as to the suitability or appropriateness of such investments. Abra interest accounts are issued by Prime Trust and Nevada Chartered Trust Company. Rates for Abra interest accounts are subject to change. Digital currencies are not legal tender, are not backed by any government, and Abra interest accounts are not subject to FDIC or SIPC insurance protections. All right, we've got a lot to cover. So let me do some talking points, and then we'll get into some questions. And please, again, if you have a question and you want to ask on... Uh, YouTube, just type it in and it'll, it'll get to me here. Uh, Facebook is fine. Twitter is fine. And also now you can raise your hand on Clubhouse. I know most of you probably aren't on Clubhouse. I just wanted to try it, uh, see how it, see it worked, see if it added any value uh, to the conversation today. All right, so let's get into it. All right, so, so let's talk about Ethereum first, right? Ethereum is now clearly in charge in crypto land right now. While it looked like Bitcoin was leading the price action through November, Right. Ethereum stepped up its, its spot price game in, in December and is now, uh, I believe, almost, a three, almost 300% since November. And that includes uh, the price, uh, the little bit of pullback we had, which is partially recovered uh, over the last couple of days. So Bitcoin is up 200% in the same period, but uh, you know, also had a pullback, which is partially recovered. So this is looking really bullish all around. We'll get to the pullbacks in a second, but bottom line is, is, is we're, we're definitely in bull market territory here. Right. So, so and, and just to follow up on Ethereum, as the world's leading platform vying for the title of world's computer, Ethereum is simply raging. Now, I have a lot of questions around the 2.0 upgrade and its ability to deliver the required scaling, uh, scalability enhancements. But the phase one upgrade, which turned on staking, has been a resounding success. No one can, no one can dispute that so far. And uh, now comes the hard part, actually upgrading the network itself. Bottom line is I'm super bullish on Ethereum. Uh, I added more on the dip personally. And I believe we can see uh, even even 5K Ethereum in 2021. I don't really do price predictions on Ethereum, uh, except to say uh, this idea of the world's computer combined with the technicals and the price action has me super, uh, super excited. All right. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about Bitcoin for a second. Um, I showed let me see if I can bring it up here really quick. I'll bring up the one hour and yeah. All right. So give me one sec. There we go. Let's see if it works on the screen here. There's the monthly, but let's see if we can get to the, there we go, okay. So what you're looking at here is the up-to-date one-hour chart, the our friends at Bitstamp and TradingView. Um, and right, we were in what I would call a consolidation pattern up until uh, two days ago. The best way to think about a consolidation pattern, and I showed a picture of the triangle in the newsletter, to think of it as either the calm before the storm or basically a rubber band winding up to release some potential energy. Right, so these large triangles that we had, they're actually pretty weak as far as consolidation patterns go. And a break to the downside like this during a bull market, that's exactly what I want to see. The weak hands get washed out, large buyers can buy the dips, and the next run-up is even stronger. And I believe that's what we'll see here over the next few weeks. Uh, I'm not a price oracle. Be patient. Uh, but I think that... Uh, that we're headed for, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we're headed for 50 to 60K in the next the next few weeks in the next bull run. Again, just, just my opinion. Um, all right, so I was reading a report from another crypto hedge fund that predicted that Bitcoin would reach 115,000 by August. So you should consider that a, a, a run-up uh, like that would be a smaller percentage run-up than what Tesla experienced during its best eight-month timeline of 2020. So I actually took a, a stab, and if you go back to the newsletter, I created a simple model that shows what uh, the daily Bitcoin price chart could look like uh, if we actually get there. So you can check that out. Uh, it was kind of fun to do that mental exercise. Um, but you know, I could easily see us going sideways for a while, and we're going to have 30% dips. Let me, let me bring that back up again. I want to remind you 
uh, of what these pullbacks look like. So here's the, uh, the pullbacks from the, the bull run that we had from 16 to 2016 to early 18. Each one of those arrows represents a 30% uh, plus retracement or pullback, right? These things happen. What we experienced this week was a smaller pullback than the ones you see up here uh, to, my, to my left in the chart, okay? So, so please keep this in mind, be patient. If you think that Bitcoin is gonna go to 100,000 without pullbacks, you're not paying attention. You're not being realistic, okay? So, so as I said, please, uh, please be patient, please be realistic, and you know, we'll have some fun along the way, but don't stress over every one of these, uh, of these pullbacks. If you're stressing too much, you might actually be invested too much, okay? It's okay. Uh, to take a little bit off the table if we're really going for, you know, three, four X, uh, you know, win here. So, so uh, please don't stress about this. It's just, it's just the way it is uh, in, in uh, Bitcoin land. So, so again, we're up about, uh, excuse me, we're up about 36% over the last 30 days. We're going sideways. Basically, since we reached 32,000 in early January, we've basically been in a range between 30 and 40 K. The range is, 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 uh, you know, right now, mostly in that 36K range, uh, as you can see here, uh, we dipped below 30 yesterday briefly, uh, and we've obviously uh, risen above 40K a couple of times. Uh, Bitcoin has now spent more time in the 30,000s than it has in the 20,000s uh, in terms of the uh, dollar price. Okay, uh, that's pretty amazing, given that it had never reached 20,000 uh, up until a few weeks ago. All right. So uh, so Bitcoin is looking uh, super bullish. Now, uh, the other thing that we should talk about is, uh, is stock to flow. Let me see if I can get you the stock to flow chart up here on the screen. Uh, for those of you who aren't clear on what stock to flow means, stock to flow is basically a model that shows the, uh, uh, how much Bitcoin uh, we need to um, double the price, uh, the, the, double the amount of Bitcoin in circulation, right? So a stock to flow basically says, given the amount of Bitcoin in circulation right now, how long will it take to double the amount of Bitcoin in circulation? And someone, uh, this guy named Plan B, very cleverly figured out how to create a price prediction model based upon this phenomenon. Now, what's most interesting about it uh, is that it's been just incredibly accurate. Okay, here it is. So th this model has been incredibly accurate over the uh, the, the past couple of years or the past year plus since he's created it. Not only did it predict the past, but so far, as you can see here uh, in the red in the upper right, it's been pretty accurate in terms of predicting where Bitcoin's going. So, um, and, and in case you're wondering, uh, the report that I, that I mentioned from that hedge fund also predicted that Bitcoin would be at 35K in January, just, was, just as we were on, on this past Monday, which is astounding. But keep in mind that this is just a model. All models are wrong. Some are just better than others. In the meantime, please be patient, have a plan, work your plan, don't invest what you can afford to lose. In the meantime, this stock to flow model is clearly the best model that I've seen when it comes to uh, predicting the price of, um, of Bitcoin. All right. So let's see what else we have in our, our, um, our talking points this week. So altcoins, right? Altcoins are definitely on the move. They're showing serious signs of life. Uh, I, I, I track this um, DeFi uh, perpetual index that FTX tracks. Uh, it's, it's basically showing a 4,000 massive, massive bull run since uh, November. Had a nice pullback this week. I wouldn't be surprised if it rages higher. Um, remember, we had uh, DeFi was all the rage in summer 2020. Uh, Uniswap started processing more trades than the largest centralized order books. And so uh, for now, those trades are limited to Ethereum-based tokens, but I suspect that others will solve that problem soon enough. Uh, DeFi is now on the move again. And... Um, as I mentioned the 4,000 point run up. We're seeing uh, Abra users trading a bunch of DeFi project tokens, including Comp, Lynx, uh, Zero X, Augur, uh, in very large quantities of late. So, uh, so for those of you who are making money there, congratulations. It's very early in the DeFi game. Uh, the DeFi game things can and will change significantly in the coming months and years. If you choose to make a longer term trade, I suggest you keep it small and don't be afraid to take profits. At the same time, uh, we've been tracking a, a bunch of uh, altcoins um, and there's an, uh, another index that we're tracking, which is up 1300 points, which is basically uh, more than doubled since November. Uh, and um, you know, Abra users in particular, uh, 
Hedera has been really popular uh, with a 30-day run-up of like over 150%, and that includes the, the pullback. So we've got some top performers over the last 30 days, not only Hedera, but Cardano is up big, Doge, Stellar, Verge, Algorand, all up over 50%. And to be uh, for to be clear to be clear, as of the time I wrote the newsletter, uh, Bitcoin was up forty eight percent in the same time frame. So just in terms of of, of investments, uh, those alts are actually performing better. So um, let's see. Uh, my best guess is that alts will have a better run than Ethereum or even Bitcoin in 2021, But they will be crazy volatile along the way, and I'm talking about probably you know a small subset of them. And so please be careful. Only trade what you can afford to lose. Set alerts on the coins you trade and don't be afraid to take profits. Altcoin trading is not for everyone. If you do your homework and have a plan, uh, you may find that 2021 is, is going to be uh, quite a ride. All right. So before I get into some initial questions uh, and talk about uh, an update on um, the, um, uh, the Abra interest account, I've been testing out uh, this new service called Clubhouse and um, that, that we're broadcasting on right now. And uh, as you can imagine, there's already lots of rooms popping up on Bitcoin. On Sunday, I participated in a one-to-one -one chat with Andreas Antonopoulos. I think there were about 400 people listening in, in this clubhouse room to our back and forth. We, we talked for several minutes about Bitcoin's Lightning Network. I'm typing up some notes that I hope to publish next week. I'm gonna to try to finish it up over the weekend. It was a fascinating uh, conversation. It shed some light for me uh, on some of the changes. So I read the original Lightning paper uh, that uh, Poon and, and, and a couple of others wrote uh, a few years ago. And, and some of the changes that have been made to Lightning since the original white paper was released have really fundamentally changed uh, how, how even more bullish I am on Lightning now versus I was then. And a lot of those changes I wasn't aware of. So these changes have, uh, they've changed my opinion on Lightning. Not that I wasn't bullish before, uh, but it's addressed some concerns that I had from before. And I'll, I'll try to address those when I, when I do my, my blog post on this uh, for next week. So I've always been bullish on Lightning's usefulness, but now I'm more bullish than ever on, on the value of the current reference design, its ability to scale Bitcoin even further. Uh, and I'm starting to get a feel more importantly for the economics, meaning what are the incentives for uh, third parties to run Lightning? Now there's a bunch of people here, I'm already getting questions, what is Lightning uh, for the newbies? Lightning is a means for doing very small payments, person-to-person uh, -person payments on top of the Bitcoin, the, 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 the Bitcoin network. So, for example, today, if you wanted to send somebody $2, uh, the equivalent of $2 using Bitcoin, it would be unpractical to do so since the network fee or mining fee you would have to pay uh, to do that would be more than the amount of money you're sending. Lightning is a layer on top of Bitcoin that would make it very inexpensive to near free to be able to send that money. So I always had the question, what would the economic incentive be to run one of these Lightning network nodes? And I'm getting a better feel for that now. Uh, which I'll get into in um, in the coming weeks. Um, so so no idea when Abra would support Lightning directly in our app, but it's something we're looking at, and it's something I'm I'm very very bullish on. Okay, so we've got uh, questions coming in uh, already, and uh, let's see. Uh, let me take one from YouTube first, then I'll see if uh, if anybody on on Clubhouse wants to chime in. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Somebody asks, Jay Wang asks, I'm most curious about Prime Trust as our assets at Abra are custodied there. How can we assure that they remain solvent and what happens if they run into financial issues? Okay, so, so let me give some context for that question. The Abra interest account um, uh, are, are basically offering 10% um, on USD and uh, five, up to 5% on crypto. We do that uh, via our partnership with Prime Trust, which is a, a, a trust bank. And Abra then basically also runs a, a lending operation, which works with uh, enterprise uh, borrowers who then pay interest rates, which we then uh, pass on to you as, as the account holders. So um, our, our first of all, Abra's uh, customers' accounts are not held in Abra's own uh, corporate treasury. They're separate. We actually set up a subsidiary which only manages those funds, so they're not commingled in any way with Abra. Uh, I think that's very important for you to understand. When the money comes in uh, to Prime Trust as a bank wire, for example, it's immediately converted to a stable coin. So it's actually not custodied in the bank as cash. Once the wire hits the bank, it's converted to a stable coin. 
and it's con and it's then stored at their um, custodial partner, uh, which I believe is a company called Fireblocks, and Prime Trust then uses Fireblocks to manage that. However, once it's then lent to generate the interest, it's no longer in um, either of those, so it then is even more secure because it's completely uh, off their system. So um, if anything should happen to Prime Trust, right, uh, Abra would basically be able to uh, return all of your funds to you because Abra is managing the uh, investment of those funds, uh, not Prime Trust. Effectively, Prime Trust lends those funds to Abra in order for us to lend them out on, on your behalf, okay? So we're able to return funds to you in the instance, for example, that uh, Prime Trust wasn't, wasn't there anymore, all right? Uh, the other question I got was, how long can we expect the rates on stable coins to stay at 10%? That's a good question. We have not touched the dollar rate since we launched the interest account product last summer. Now, I have no uh, crystal ball. I expect the rates to stay like this for quite a while because demand for dollars has been pretty high in the crypto world, but there's no guarantee. So, so I suspect the only thing that would cause the dollar rate to come down significantly is if, uh, is if the Bitcoin price crashed uh, to, to levels you know, that we saw like last summer. Um, but anything short of that, I think the dollar rate is going to stay fairly high for a while. And, uh, you know, that's one, one of the reasons why I'm so bullish on the interest account. We're getting uh, just a massive uh, number of new deposits and the demand is very high and it, uh, we don't have to uh, lower, lower rates at all, even as a result of the increased, um, the increased uh, demand uh, coming into the system for, uh, for those interest accounts. Okay. Uh, so for those of you not aware, we support all of the major USD stable coins, as well as Bitcoin, uh, Litecoin, uh, and Ethereum. And the accounts are very, very popular. The most popular being, of course, Bitcoin and, um, and the, dollar, the dollar product. All right. So um, I don't know, Alex, uh, somebody had their hand raised. Um, uh, let's see. Um, Carter, did you have a question you wanted to ask? trying to figure out how to actually work Abra. I have for like almost a month now and I have some funds in it. Okay. But I'm not sure how to actually purchase crypto from it. Okay. I, 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 I assume you're based in the United States. So, yes. okay. So let me, uh, let me show you a couple of um, uh, demonstrations uh, in the app and uh, hopefully that, that will, um, that will answer your, uh, that will answer your question. So just give me, give me one second. I'm going to bring up the Abra app. All right, so hopefully you can all, those of you who are listening, uh, watching online will be able to see. Um, Carter, I'll try to describe what I'm doing since you're on Clubhouse, but if you're inside the Abra app, at the top of the app, there is the ability to add money. That allows you to link your bank account if you're in the US via what we call ACH. And for people who are outside the US, uh, they can also do a bank wire transfer, which you can do as well. We support bank wire transfers globally. If you've purchased cryptocurrencies via other exchanges like uh, Coinbase or Kraken or other exchanges, you can, you can transfer those by clicking on deposit cryptocurrency. We'll give you a deposit address for your Bitcoin or your Ether or whatever, and you'll be able to transfer that over. So once you've done that, you can click on the exchange button and you can convert your dollars to Bitcoin or your dollars to Ethereum and they will show up in the trading screen now as Bitcoin as opposed to dollars. Now, if you want to earn interest on those coins, you simply click at the bottom on the Abra interest account and uh, you can then transfer. There's a transfer button at the top, which allows you to transfer your Bitcoin from your trading account into your interest account. If you've ever used a product like uh, E-Trade or Schwab or one of these online brokerages accounts, you know that they have a trading account and a bank account. And this is kind of similar to that. You can simply move the, the coins very quickly, pretty much in real time from your trading to your interest earning. And you can also move them back, right? If, if you're doing anything like less than 50K, you'll probably get the, the money back in your trading account uh, in a few minutes to, to an hour or so, okay? So you can easily move, uh, move those funds uh, back and forth. So um, let's see. So I don't know, Carter, if, uh, if I answered your, your question. And let me see here. 
trying to put your mic back on and I don't know how to do it. So I apologize for that. Um, yeah, maybe you can raise your hand again. I don't know if that answers your question, but for some reason, Oh, oh yeah. sorry, no, 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 I'm mute. I mute the phone. Yeah. I said it actually went through because I had the funds in there for almost four weeks now and I was unable to actually actually purchase ADA, which is what I was trying to get. I see. But now that you explained it, I understand it now. Okay, perfect. Well, that's fantastic. That's why we're here. So the other thing I would remind you is, um, is that we have a fantastic support team. Um, the best way to reach them is support at abra.com. Alternatively, they're often on Twitter. Uh, we have a support handle on Twitter as well, but but the, the, you get a pretty fast response these days. We are overwhelmed with lots of people um, uh, pinging us, but on abra.com you will uh, you will get uh, support at abra.com you will get a pretty good response. So so thank you, Carter. Um, let me go on to um, let's see. Uh, I'm going to try to take an online question here. Go back to the app. I've got. Um, Let's see. Uh, Jade says, are there some issues or delays in receiving crypto uh, and sending uh, fiat to the bank? So let me talk about uh, receiving crypto. If you're receiving um, anything like Ethereum or uh, an ERC-20 token that uses Ethereum, it really depends upon how much gas you may have paid for the transaction. If you don't pay enough gas for these transactions, we're seeing uh, transa uh, transactions actually either fail or get delayed. Now, the same thing with Bitcoin. When the network gets congested, um, if you're sending money from an or crypto from an exchange and you don't pay a high enough network fee, it may take hours or even days for that crypto to show up at Abra. That has nothing to do with Abra. Okay, uh, that has to do with the Bitcoin network itself. When you publish a transaction to send crypto, it basically goes into a huge pool of transactions, and and the way miners decide which one of your transactions they're going to publish is generally based upon how much crypto or mining fee you're willing to pay them. So the more you're willing to pay in the mining fee, the higher the chances your transaction gets accepted quickly. And sometimes if the exchange doesn't pay a high enough fee, maybe because they're paying it for you, uh, you may end up having to wait. Uh, so just make sure that you look at the network fee that's being paid and uh, make sure that uh, it's consistent. Arthur asks, can I lose all my money in the interest account if Abra were ever hacked? Um, no matter the fact that it never has been so far. So Arthur, uh, no, um, hacking Abra would not allow you to lose the money in your interest account. First of all, uh, any, any funds that um, aren't invested at any given moment are not online, okay? They're stored in, in multi-sig wallets, which you can't access by hacking Abra. So in other words, if you hacked Abra or hacked into our bank account or our crypto, you can't hack because it's in cold storage, but, uh, but there would be nothing to steal. So, so that that's not, should not be a concern. Um, so uh, Little asks, uh, can you show me how and who I can talk to with step-by-step -step and using your apps? Um, and yes, we have a getting started guide. So if you go to abra.com, uh, we have a fantastic uh, amount of content. The team has spent years uh, creating this content. There are step-by-step -step guides. If you go to YouTube, there are step-by-step -step guides that show you how to deposit. Uh, if you're in, uh, it looks like from, from your, your name, you might be in the Philippines. We even have cash networks there. Uh, and they'll even show you, you walk in with your, with your pesos and they'll show you how to get it into Abra. Uh, so, so there's lots of different ways to get started. Abra.com is probably your best bet uh, if you already have the Abra app. Let's see. Uh, Joe asks, uh, love, uh, love the app. Do you think you will have any type of IRA or retirement tool, a Roth or something where we could put money in an interest-bearing account? Joe, fantastic question. This is a very common question that we get uh, and uh, the answer is this is something that we would love to do we haven't quite figured it out yet uh, there's a lot of legal issues with doing that but it's something that we are looking into uh, don't have anything to announce today but stay tuned it's definitely something that it's a very common request number one uh, and it's definitely something that we would like to do all right so uh, let me see here if we've got any pending questions so Andrew on Clubhouse. So Andrew, I don't know if if uh, you can hear me, but Andrew, do you have a question for us? Yeah, for sure. Uh, just wondering um, if you could uh, talk about 
the difference between you guys and uh, like BlockFi or like Celsius or anyone else that kind of does, sure, you know, interest. Yeah, uh, that, yep. that'd be great. I, I haven't um, heard of you guys too much. Mostly, I've heard of like Celsius and BlockFi, but uh, really interested to know the differences. Okay, great, great question. So, so yeah, so there are obviously other companies in the crypto space that that offer uh, interest payments, uh, and and so this is. Uh, you know, Abra is not the only company to do that, but uh, we think we are the best in the space. So, um, you know, we I think we offer the best rates. Uh, I think we uh, uh, are the most secure. I think we have by far the deepest uh, trading and order book. So if you're trading cryptos, for example, we offer over 100 different cryptocurrencies and you can move directly between them. I'm not aware of any company that gives you unlimited bank wires globally into your Avra wallet, uh, gives you literally hundreds of different trading pairs. So you can move between any two cryptocurrencies with the ability to move uh, between uh, those uh, cryptocurrencies and your uh, uh, Avra interest account in real time. So I think Avra is uh, very, very unique uh, in, in these features. So uh, I just realized I lost my, um, I lost my demo screen here, so while I'm talking, I'll bring that up. So, so yeah, I would I would uh, encourage you to uh, to give Abra a try and come back on and 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 let me let me know what you think. But um, we feel like we've got a very a very strongly uh, differentiated product. So I hope that answers your question. Thanks, Bill. And just a quick follow up: um, Is there a risk of principal loss? Like, you know, if I deposit Bitcoin or Ethereum, um, like, is there a risk that I might not be able to get that? that you know asset back um because of something you know on abra's side like if you guys lent it to someone that never paid it back um or again like a hack or something or some sort of flaw with the custody or whatever reason yeah is is yeah. there a risk of sure. loss right yep so i understand the question so so this is uh related to the question i answered earlier so from a hacking perspective i'm very comfortable that you're not taking uh, you're not taking a hacking risk with, with Abra. There's no kind of central online place uh, for where people can go and simply steal uh, crypto. We don't, we don't, it's, it's not possible, right? If you were to hack our corporate systems, for example, there's no crypto to steal there. Uh, most of that is, would be, would be in, in cold storage if it's not being lent. When we lend crypto to third parties, generally those positions are collateralized loans. So in other words, if we're lending Bitcoin, they're collateralizing the loan in dollars. And that's how we uh, basically manage the risk. Right. So it's not like uh, if they walk away with the Bitcoin, uh, you're not getting your uh, your Bitcoin back because we're simply converting the dollars back to Bitcoin. And if the price moves against the borrower, uh, we'll make what we call a collateral call, which means that they'll actually have to add more collateral to that account. And if they don't, we simply sell that collateral back to Bitcoin in this case to put them back in compliance so that the amount of collateral that we're managing is commensurate with um, with the original deal that we had on a percentage basis. So so you're not actually taking risk in terms of the other party walking away. It's risk in making sure that ABRA is doing its job to make sure that these loans are appropriately collateralized. And that's what we do. So all of my crypto, for example, and all of my dollars are managed this way at ABRA now. Right. Anything that I'm not actively trading is 100% in Abra interest earning accounts, both dollars, Bitcoin and Ethereum. And I know exactly how we manage these accounts. I'm very comfortable with the process. We've run weekly uh, um, uh, risk management reviews where we look at the counterparties to these loans and we set interest rates. We set collateral requirements. Some people actually have to pay more than 100% collateral, for example, on, on these loans, depending upon how they're using the funds. OK, so again, I think the most important point is, is that I'm comfortable enough to where 100% of my, you know, non-traded uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum and cash is, is in these uh, average interest accounts. So I hope that makes sense. Okay. And so is it still possible that there are under collateralized loans um, for specific parties? Yeah. So very large uh, hedge funds, for example, or banks with balance sheets that might be in like the multi-billion dollar range, they may have like, you know, 75 or 50 percent collateral uh but the vast majority of the positions are either 100 percent or over collateralized now even 100 percent, you have to be very careful managing it because again it's it's about the price movement of bitcoin in any given day right or the price movement of ethereum on any given day so so we manage this very very carefully in real time 
So it's not just a question of how much collateral you have at the moment the loan is processed. It's a question of what happens to the value of the collateral as you're managing the loan. So we go even a step further than the question you're asking and actually deal with the value of the collateral as we go. So hopefully that makes sense too. Okay, great. And this last part, and then, and then I'll step off. Sure. Um, is this um, your guys' approach, um, you know, in terms of risk management, is this unique to you? Um, or is this similar to say like your competitors, would they, would they also take the same risk management approach? So, so our CIO who runs the lending business used to work uh, for one of these other companies. And one of the reasons he joined Abro was the belief that the risk processes and the processes we were putting in place would be considerably better than, uh, uh, than what these other companies in the space were doing. And I was really excited about that because again, we were building the product that we ourselves as the Abra management and employees wanted to invest our crypto, to manage our crypto, earn interest on it. And I am very confident that what we're doing is by far better than what others are doing in this space. I'm not gonna say that what they're doing is bad, I just believe very strongly that what we're doing is best is the best and better than what anybody else in the space is doing as it relates to interest accounts. Okay, perfect. Um, All right, well, thank and, you. Um, Appreciate that. Yeah, thank you so much, Bill. All right, yeah. and please, uh, if you have any other questions, you know, join us. Um, and we get to some other questions here for now. And, I have a question, Bill. Oh, sure, Carter, go ahead. I'm going to um, take one quick question here, and then I want to go back to I've got about uh, 100 questions online. So let's uh, give me one quick question. How often are you going to be doing this this this, um, this room and when? Yeah, so we do Money Talks weekly. Um, right now, if you go to uh, our YouTube channel, you'll see that there are, uh, there are shows from the past year that are archived, and you can go back and watch all of them. I'll, uh, try, I try to sneak into Clubhouse uh, regularly. I, I often listen in the background when I'm working. I love some of the other chat rooms that are going on. But we'll try to uh, integrate Clubhouse weekly uh, into this show as well. And so it's every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific. And uh, so far, it seems like based upon everybody's participation, and I'm getting positive response online. People like hearing your questions. So, so we'll keep it coming. Yeah, because um, I, I do follow the one on YouTube because it goes straight to my email address. Exactly. So whenever I get it in my email, I always click on it. Great. All right. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so we've got some other questions online. Thanks, Carter and Andrew, for being our guinea pigs for, uh, for the uh, Clubhouse app. Congrats to Clubhouse. Obviously, it's working. Um, let's see. Uh, Ted Brady asks, is the US, in the USA, is a transfer uh, from Bitcoin to interest earning Bitcoin a taxable event? So we do send uh, 1099 forms. For those in the US, you know what a 1099 is if you have a bank account. It shows how much interest you've earned. We send that if you earn, I believe, over $600, which is the IRS requirement. If you earn less than that, we give you the ability to download your transaction history, including interest payments, to be able to make that filing and determination on your own. Um, and I believe it's, it's going to be a taxable event for most people, but you should check for yourself, either with your, your tax planner, your tax software, or whatever. Uh, I believe the answer would be yes, uh, but everybody's situation is going to be different. Um, let's see. And so yeah, just to be clear, um, you will be getting a 1099 if your interest is above a certain amount. Uh, Catherine asks, uh, this is a good one. Thoughts on Janet Yellen's comments on Bitcoin. Is that what caused the price drop? So Catherine, um, let me take the second question first, because I think that's the easier question. I do not believe that either Janet Yellen or uh, this nonsense about uh, this 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 uh, author who inappropriately wrote that there was a double spend event on Bitcoin were in any way responsible for um, for the price drop. I think the price drop was a natural ebb and flow for a bull run. And again, I'm going to show my favorite uh, kind of uh, mind your P's and Q's as it relates to Bitcoin charts. The pullbacks that we got in 2017, which were all higher than the pullback that we got uh, this week. So, so I do not think that it was Janet Yellen that caused the pullback, which is good. I, I, I don't think that anyone, excuse me, I don't think any one politician uh, would be in a position, unless they came out and said it's all out war on Bitcoin. 
uh, which I don't, I don't see that happening. I think, I think the pushback on that uh, is going to be too great. Um, so, look, what do I think about her comments on Bitcoin? You know, I can give you some comments she made a few years ago where she was very bullish on Bitcoin and very bullish on cryptocurrencies uh, for the banking system. I, I think her comment on terrorist financing as it relates to crypto is complete nonsense. Uh, money laundering is by and large a banking play. Uh, U.S. banks are by far the biggest money launderers in the world. This is an established fact. Um, dollars is the primary means for laundering money, both in paper cash and via certain types of bank accounts. Again, history has proven this to be true. It's not my opinion. It's a fact. Um, the amount of, of the ability to if you want to launder money, don't use Bitcoin. You're going to get caught. Right. And so it's, it's this idea that, that terrorists would use Bitcoin. I, I don't I don't buy it. So, um, look, I'm not saying pe people can do illicit activity with anything, computer, uh, Internet connection. Um, and so, you know, I don't think that uh, Bitcoin is going to be overregulated as a result of these comments. And I think she's going to learn. I think she's going to realize that she's focusing on the wrong thing and it won't matter eventually. Uh, I could be wrong. I think there is a lot more crypto regulation coming for banks, exchanges, companies like Abra, but I don't think that will affect the average consumer. I think this just affects what we have to do in the background to provide the service that we do. And hopefully in a way that doesn't dramatically increase our cost of providing that service so that you aren't uh, you know, stuck with a higher cost as well. Uh, we wanna keep that cost as, as low as possible. Um, somebody asks here, uh, DMARC, JW, please issue uh, Abra debit cards. It'll be really nice to just swipe around when making purchases. Um, so I can't say anything there. Just keep coming back to Money Talks in the coming weeks. But I think that's a great idea. Uh, let's see, we've got a lot more questions here. What do I think of Goldman Sachs being more open to Bitcoin? Well, Trevor, um, Let's see. So I'm ex Goldman. Uh, I was really pissed when I read their comments last spring. I went on Peter McCormick's What Bitcoin Did and we debunked the Goldman report together. It was completely ridiculous. Uh, I assume that the latest moves in the crypto are from a completely different part of the company. Keep in mind that there are thousands upon thousands of employees. So I, I should also say when we were debunking a Goldman report, it's not a corporate uh, opinion. It's the opinion of one or two analysts. So you've got one or two analysts who are pro-Bitcoin. You've got one or two analysts who are anti-Bitcoin or whatever that means. I don't even know what pro or anti-Bitcoin means. It's just software. Don't use it or don't use it. Um, my guess is, is that over time, they're going to use it. Why? Because their clients want it. They're in the business of making money. They're in the business of servicing their clients. Their clients are going to want crypto. Their clients are investing in crypto without them. It behooves them to get into the crypto space now. That's what's going to happen. So all of this stuff about they believe in it, they don't believe in it. It's all nonsense. OK, they're going to do ultimately what their clients want. And right now, clients want crypto. All right. So let's see. Why is the transfer from Abra interest account to trading account not instant? That's a good question. So think about this for a second, right? So how do we generate the interest on those accounts? Well, we run a lending desk as to, you know, following up on the question from before uh, from Andrew. And in addition to that, we keep uh, a significant percentage of those funds in reserve. If we didn't, the interest rates would be even higher, but we don't want to do that because then it would take even longer to get access to your withdrawals. Now, if your withdrawal is anything less than like a few thousand dollars, it's near instant today right? Either minutes or seconds. Uh, worst case, maybe an hour. If your withdrawal gets into the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars, it might take a few hours or a day. If it gets into the millions, it depends. Uh, but we do ask for up to seven days for the, for the really, really large ones, particularly in the millions. Uh, but we, I've never seen it. I've never seen a withdrawal at average take more than a day. So um, it, it's just a function of the fact that we're putting that money to work in a very safe way to make effectively free Bitcoin as interest for you or free dollars as interest for you. And therefore, um, we're managing reserves to be able to process those deposits. I hope that makes sense. 
Uh, what do I think about NFTs? How can we participate in this market? Um, I am very bullish on NFT technology. NFT stands for non-fungible token. A, uh, an ERC-20 token, for example, or Bitcoin is supposed to be a fungible token, meaning that one Bitcoin is equivalent to one Bitcoin. Uh, you may have heard of CryptoKitties, which was probably the most popular, uh, excuse me, um, non-fungible token from the last, uh, uh, you know, crazy bull run we had. And the idea there is, is that each one is different, like collectibles, like, uh, you know, maybe your kids collect Pokemon cards, for example. Each Pokemon card is, is, is different. That's why they're called non-fungible. Uh, art, art objects that you collect would be considered non-fungible uh, because no two art objects are equivalent. And so having digital representations of collectibles or art is a very interesting idea to me. I haven't seen anything beyond digital collectibles that I'm super excited about, like games and trading cards. Um, there's a lot, there's a huge movement right now in, in buying art as NFTs. It's not something that I'm particularly really excited about yet because I haven't seen a model that, that gets me excited for the digital representation or the digital NFT ownership of the art versus having a physical work, um, unless there's both. That's I think is, is interesting, meaning I can prove that I own the physical work somehow via the digital NFT. I haven't seen that really yet, uh, but I think it's coming. All right, so we'll see what happens. It's very early. We're early in this whole space, right? NFTs didn't exist a few years ago, right? The idea existed, but there was no implementation before Ethereum that, that could do anything. Um, okay, so what else? Any thoughts on Polkadot? Uh, I haven't uh, checked the Abra app yet, so stay tuned. Uh, I can't announce when, but I'm pretty sure, certainly for international users, uh, no specific dates, but uh, stay tuned. Uh, obviously very bullish on, on, on DOT and, and what's happening there. Uh, the price run up has, has been astounding. Uh, so we're uh, working with our custody partners to get it turned on uh, as soon as we can. Let me, uh, let me take a step back and uh, just give an update on the Abra interest accounts. Uh, I'm getting a lot of questions on that here. Uh, so let me, let me address that. Um, and uh, I'm, get, I'm getting thank yous here for answering the questions. No problem, that's what we do. I'll also get back to, um, to Clubhouse in a minute. Uh, we do have a few people there, so that's great. If you have a question on Clubhouse, just raise your hand, I'll get to you in a moment. All right, so let me, let me just answer some of these questions on the Abra Interest account. So since we announced that, that users could earn 10% on USD and 5% on Bitcoin and Ethereum, thousands upon thousands of you have taken advantage of this to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. Honestly, we're, we're, we're almost uh, surprised at the, uh, at the response that we've gotten. We, we expected it to be a hit, but it happened even more quickly than we could have expected. So we're honored, honored and humbled at the response, but we take this responsibility very seriously. That's part of why I do this show. We're very transparent about how we manage custody, how we, and how we earn the interest on the product, uh, what we, how we manage reserves, what we won't do with those funds, for example. Honestly, we simply built a product we wanted for ourselves. And you have, you'd be happy to know that we also have our money in the Aber interest account. I wouldn't dream of managing my cash or crypto any other way. So we've improved the Aber interest account in several key ways since we launched the product. So let me get to, this relates to some of the questions I'm seeing here, right? So one, we now support unlimited deposits from anywhere in the world. I've never seen a product like this. Meaning if you wire Abra $10 million, okay, uh, it's gonna work and you're gonna be able to earn interest on that money. But we have people wiring us $50, right? Or depositing $50 via a cash network partner we may have in the Philippines or Guatemala. And we love that. I love that we have a single product that works in 150 countries where some people are depositing $10 to earn interest and some people are depositing a million dollars to earn interest. If that doesn't say we've democratized access to financial services, I don't know what does. It's fantastic, I love it. Deposits from our new crypto marketplace on Aber.com now support local payment types like SEPA in Europe, Faster Pay in the UK, uh, Apple Pay for, and Google Pay for both credit and debit cards. Super cool. I've, I've often used uh, Abra.com to do a quick load of $25 into my Abra wallet, maybe because I wanted to send somebody some money or I wanted to show somebody how to buy Bitcoin really quick. Uh, it's really cool. Okay. So we've also launched uh, a new service, Abra Platinum. This includes our new over-the-counter trading desk that allows customers to perform very large deposits. So that enables you to trade between currencies without leaving the Abra app. 
So for example, let's say that you're holding a fair amount of dollars in the interest account and you want to buy Bitcoin. And somebody asked the question, well, what if it takes me three hours to get my money and there's a big price run up in, in Bitcoin and I want to, or, or a dip in the price of Bitcoin and I want to buy right now. So if you're using our OTC service, we'll actually process that trade for you before the withdrawal even hits your trading account. And then you, you won't miss the price dip. So if that's a concern, you can simply go to abra.com slash OTC services and sign up immediately for the Abra Platinum and you'll be able to do those trades. And I think they generally support trades larger than, than 25,000 and up. Okay, so that's another option that we've added to the Abra interest account. People can now deposit current crypto and stable coins into your Abra wallet from any external exchange, right? Coinbase, Binance, Kraken, Gemini. And, and then once funded, you can start earning uh, the daily compounded interest immediately and just move that money over to the interest account. I would say at least 50% of our users are now depositing crypto from the exchange that they used to use, moving it into Abra because you can trade and earn interest uh, in, in the same product, right? So again, it's simply the product that I wanted. I took a chance and I said, hey guys, let's get together and build the product that I really want. And the team gave me input and we all decided, hey, this is the product that we want for ourselves. So now I've got it for myself and my team has it for themselves and we can invest, earn, trade and send money all from one app. It's awesome. And we're not done yet. Uh, we're actually a couple of weeks away from some really cool announcements. And we're gonna take this app to the next level in the next few months. And um, you know, not only is it a breakthrough, but what's coming, I think, is an even bigger breakthrough. So, so stay tuned for that. I'm, I'm, my team is telling me to stop giving stuff away, so I'm going to stop giving stuff away. All right. So, just to recap how this works, because I'm getting even more questions again on how the interest account works. So, and then I'm, I've got a couple of questions online and on, on Clubhouse I want to get to before we wrap up, because I can't believe we're on 50 minutes already. This show flies by for me every week. I love it. So, the Abra interest account are accessible from the app iPhone and Android, okay? Um, so hold on one second. Excuse me. So these are a new type of account inside the app. As I mentioned earlier, we partnered with Prime Trust, a US chartered trust bank based in Nevada to issue these accounts. So once you register for the Abra interest account in the app, uh, Prime Trust will verify your, 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 your personal details, which can either be instant, or if there's a problem like with an ID photo, it might take a few hours. Uh, depending upon the details you provided. And this is global. You can do this from almost any country in the world. After being approved, you'll get a push message to your Abra app. You can deposit your dollars, Bitcoin, Ethereum into the interest account. You can wire the money, transfer existing crypto, use Abra.com marketplace to make your deposit, whatever works for you. We update the interest rates offered weekly. Honestly, they don't change very much. I, I don't think the dollar rate has changed since we launched the product. Uh, I think the Ethereum rate has gone up once and I think everything has more or less stayed the same. Uh, interest rates are set similar to how a bank sets rates for cash deposits. The difference here is that the rates we're able to offer are much higher than what a bank typically offers, uh, mostly because the bank keeps most of the interest that they make and here we give most of that interest to you. All right, so that's the, that's the most important answer in terms of how uh, the rates are so high. It's because in the banking world, the bank keeps most of the money. Now, how are we able to generate this interest in the first place? We talked about this earlier. Let me just recap. Our institutional lending desk is run by Young Cho, our chief investment officer who works for me. He's a veteran of the lending business. He's worked not only in the traditional lending, but also in crypto lending. And we enter via his team into lending relationships with borrowers throughout the crypto universe. And as our volume of AUM or assets under management grows, we simply diversify our crypto investment portfolio to constantly lower the risk. And so all of these new borrowers go through our investment committee process, which reviews and borrows their risk, uh, re reviews and determines their risk profile and sets terms, including interest rates, collateral requirements, and other relevant terms. And so ultimately this investment committee approves all of these new institutional borrowers. And so somebody asked earlier about, and I'm seeing more questions about this counterparty risk. Counterparty risk is mitigated through, um, you know, high collateralization rates, appropriate interest rates. And we also reviewed how they're going to use the funds in the first place. Just because somebody wants to give us 125% collateral does not mean that we will approve them. If we don't like how they're going to use the funds or we think it's too much of a risk for us to take on a potentially maybe a small borrower. Okay. 
and col collateral calls to borrowers ensure that any price movement in the underlying collateral doesn't put your funds or my funds at risk. And we've never had a loan default or had a counterparty miss a collateral call at ever. Okay, so look, we are in printing overdrive. Let me make this last point and then I'll take uh, three, three more questions and call it a day. But we are in money printing overdrive. We have a new president now. Congratulations to President Biden, uh, Vice President Harris. Uh, fantastic. Finally, we have a, uh, a female a vice president. Looking forward to the day when we have a female president. But the money printing that has been taking place for the last four years is going to accelerate. It's not going to slow down. Right. So one of the things I'm most excited about is that the ABRA interest account product works globally. A lot of people have been experiencing the inflation we're about to experience in their country for years. So that means people in countries with failing currencies can convert their money to Bitcoin, deposit them into the ABRA app and store them as Bitcoin or USD. It also means that we can take our USD and support it and store it as Bitcoin and earn interest on it. So we're seeing this with our large growing user base in, in places like the Philippines, uh, Guatemala, Mexico, uh, I hate to say it, even in the US, where, where people have a strong interest in this, right? So many government issued currencies have failed. It's almost impossible to keep track, right? The Lebanese pound, Argentinian peso, Venezuelan peso, Zimbabwe dollar, that's just the last 15 years. And there's more the last 15 years, right? In the case of Argentina, this, this is not a new dance. We've all seen this before. It just keeps happening over and over again. I saw a Google sheet recently that tracked the, uh, the history of, of failed currencies over, the, over hundreds of years. There were thousands of them, right? I mean, a lot of them you never heard of, but there were literally thousands of them. Anyway, that's my rant. I, I didn't mean to go on a long rant, but uh, somebody asked a question. And I had to I had to answer and it it, uh, it uh, caused me to go on around. Anyway, Brandon asks, what is the fee on OTC trades? There's no fee. We simply take the rate they give us and they bake a spread into that. It's usually, uh, you know, a couple of dozen basis points. It's 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 very low. It's for, for very large amounts. It's going to be uh, a very good deal versus just going to an exchange. Um, but just keep in mind something. Uh, and I get this question a lot. If prices are moving up very fast or moving down very fast, the spot price is not often the price you're gonna get when you trade. And the spot price is the price you'll see on the chart because we're going to an exchange order book if you're trading using the app to fill those orders. And the amount of Bitcoin that may be offered at that price might be very, very small. So that means if you're buying $50,000 worth of Bitcoin or $10,000 worth of Bitcoin, you're gonna get a price which probably isn't as good if the prices are moving quickly, okay? That's why it's good to buy in a pullback, right? Because you're also dealing with the fact that that slippage in price is gonna be a little bit more in your favor than it might otherwise be. Buying when the price is melting up is like a double whammy. Not only is the price moving up, but the slippage you're gonna get is gonna make it even worse for you when you're buying. So I'm not telling you not to buy when the price is going up. I'm just selling, I'm just setting expectations so that you're aware uh, that you might have this issue where, um, you know, there's a there's an expectation on the price chart that isn't met when you go to the checkout screen in the app. This is happening a lot lately where users are confused by this issue. This is not Abra, you know, doing some crazy markup on the price or something like that. That's simply the fluctuation of what's happening in the market during these crazy times. Okay, so, so keep that in mind. Um, let's see. I think we have a couple of questions here. Um, Amanda, good morning. How are you? Clubhouse. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. I appreciate it. Um, so I heard you talk about NFTs. I would just, a lot of us in, uh, are trying to figure out how to do this with Bitcoin versus just Ethereum. Yeah. So it would be yeah. awesome to, if you're interested in that, to ping you into some of these things. Yeah, I'd love that. I'm, I'm really uh, friendly with the guys from RSK. I've known them for years. For those of you who don't know who RSK is, they're a company that's basically built uh, smart contracts that try to replicate what Ethereum does on top of Bitcoin so that you could do things like NFTs. I think Stacks, the company Stacks, is doing that now. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm really bullish on trying to do this stuff directly via Bitcoin. I think Lightning has shown us that there are a lot of things we can do on top of the settlement layer of Bitcoin that we're not taking advantage of yet. So I'm super bullish on that. 
yeah, I would love to love to hear more about it. Awesome. I'll send you a DM. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for joining. Um, let me take one more question here, and then I'll take one more question online. So I don't. I apologize. I don't know if this is in reverse order. So I'm going to go with Radu. I don't know if you came in last or first. So um, Radu, your mic is on. Do you have a question? Good morning. Do you have a question for us? Morning. Yes, I do. Um, by what by what year do you think all currencies will uh, get to zero? <laughs> so. Uh, by all currencies, I, I assume you mean fiat currencies. So for those, I'm oh, not, fiat, yes. yeah, I, I, I assume people are hearing um, the questions from Clubhouse. I've got the phone next to the mic. But Roger's question was, by what year do I think all fiat currencies will have failed? I, look, I don't have a crystal ball. Um, I get asked this a lot. Um, I think that at the rate we're printing money now, I think we're in the end game. I've made this point many, many times. I've laid out scenarios in my Twitter feed of what I think can happen in the end game. I think that what happens is eventually um, China will, will not borrow from us. The petrodollar has effectively failed. The petrodollar was basically the idea that when we moved off of the gold standard, China was financing our debt in large part, and that allowed us to basically leverage our oil uh, imports to finance our debt, and, and that just won't work anymore. So we're late in this debt cycle, which is what's given rise to populism. Populism gave rise to Trump. Trump didn't give rise to populism. Okay, uh, and when you're late in a debt cycle, bad things can happen, right? I wouldn't be surprised to see in the next 20 years, you know, uh, bond uh, bond rates skyrocket, uh, interest rates skyrocket, because nobody wants to borrow from us anymore. And when quantitative easing fails, it's going to be ugly, really ugly. And uh, the bottom line is, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I unfortunately, and I don't want it to happen. You know, I, I don't, I don't, uh, Bitcoin's success is not dependent upon the, dollar, the dollar's failure. The, what's happening with the dollar is rocket fuel. It's not the reason that Bitcoin is succeeding. Okay. I actually want the, our, our government to succeed and I want us to have a stable currency, but I don't, I don't see it happening right now. I see the opposite happening, just based upon everyone's actions. And I wish that we would, in this country, learn to absorb short-term pain for long-term gain, as opposed, we do the opposite. We absorb uh, short-term uh, gains via things like printing money in exchange for long-term pain. And we're passing on this pain to our great-grandchildren, Never mind our grandchildren. Now we're on our great-grandchildren. If you look at the debt, and, and, and the way we print money and the value of money and what we're doing here and its impact and, and where we are in the debt cycle, it's an enormous price to pay and eventually someone's gonna have to pay. So, sorry, I'm answering a question you didn't ask, another rant, so I don't know why, it's, it's supposed to be Friday, it's weekend, we're all happy, I don't, why am I ranting, I don't know. I'm gonna stop ranting now. Anyway, uh, Radu, um, sorry I don't have a more exact answer for you, I'll go back to my Oracle crystal ball and. Uh, see what else I can figure out, but no, I'm just kidding. Sorry, I, I, I it's a fair question. Uh, it's going to happen, in my opinion. Unfortunately, I don't know if it's 10 years or 50 years. I just don't. Um, okay, so we do have a couple of more questions here online. Thank you, Bill. You're welcome. And I'm, I've got, I'm going to take one more. I'll stay on for a while. Um, and uh, if people want to ask questions, or just you know shoot uh, shoot the breeze. Um, let's see. I'm getting some repeat questions here, so I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Um, actually, let me take one. I kind of like this clubhouse thing, so let me do one more here. Let me turn Daniel. Daniel, I'm going to put you uh, on here. Uh, hopefully, are you? Uh, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, you already answered my question. I was just wondering if Avril was KYC AML compliant. Yes. Yes, we are. Not only KYC and AML compliant, we're registered with FinCEN. Uh, as a money service business in the United States. Uh, uh, we're a licensed uh, lender in some places, uh, and we operate in multiple uh, jurisdictions via different companies. So thanks for that question. And we'll do one last one here, uh, and then we'll wrap it up. Phil, uh, I think Phil on Clubhouse has, has a question. So we'll take one from Phil. Phil, good morning. Good morning, Bill. Love everything that you said so far. Um, I haven't 
uh, put a lot of attention on Abra. I have heard of y'all. And really, I, I'm just trying to kind of get the idea of what it is that separates Abra from the other exchanges out there. Um, I love like the honest, transparent info that you give out about the whole lending and collateralizing services, but just to get like a bigger picture of yeah. really what separates y'all yeah. other than like your just stellar ethos. Yeah. Look, this is a fantastic way to, it's a fantastic ending question because it really comes down to vision and mission, right? So, so our vision is a world of democratized access to financial services where everybody has access digitally to the same set of services globally, right? And we think that this is the, 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 the time for that, right? There was this, there's this phrase in Silicon Valley, software is eating the world. That hasn't happened with money and banking. Yeah, your bank account is online, but it's the same bank account from 50 years ago. It's just accessible via mobile phone. Now it's fundamentally changing from the inside out. And what we want to do at Abra is we want to make that available to every consumer in the world. At the same time, money itself is changing and it's becoming a digital currency for the first time. The fact that your money was accessible via an online database as a, as a stored value didn't change the fact that it was the same printed dollars that the government was printing for 100 years. So now money and banking are both fundamentally changing from the inside out. That's amazing, right? So now, how does that relate to Abra? We want to basically be that crypto bank that everyone defaults to because we offer the, the widest range of cryptocurrencies. We think competition in the crypto world is good. Uh, we want to have the best banking experience in crypto. You earn interest on it. So you can send it to other people. Um, hopefully soon you'll be able to spend it. People aren't really spending crypto much yet. Uh, I think they're going to, and we want to get out in front of that. Um, so we're not really catering to that professional trader, right? So, so uh, Phil, I think that's an important distinction here. We're catering to the everyday consumer. We wanted to build a product that we ourselves wanted to use as the default crypto banking product. And in the early days, that meant getting access to Bitcoin, getting access to Ethereum, being able to swap conveniently between currencies, now it means earning interest, lending to businesses, uh, hopefully soon lending to consumers, um, you know, payments eventually, being able to send money globally. These are all things that matter if you're a crypto bank, but probably don't matter too much if you're focused on being the best exchange you can be. So that's not what we're trying to be. We're, tr we're not trying to be the best exchange. We, want, we, we do want you to be able to trade between currencies, but we're trying to be the best new crypto bank that we can be. And that's, that's I think, going to be it's actually a much bigger opportunity than exchanges because the crypto bank will eventually apply to billions of consumers who are going to do all of these things that I talked about and replace finally these awful traditional banks that have been screwing us um, on multiple levels for decades. Awesome. That's what I love to hear, especially that last point. But yeah, yeah uh, love what you are doing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, so... Officially, we're done over time. I've got a question here on Tether. Um, how much impact can the Tether judgment have on the price of Bitcoin in the short term? You know, with Tether turning over all these documents, um, I, there's a really good article that um, Dan Held wrote. Uh, I'll give you the TLDR on some of it. I mean, Tether is the purpose of tether is basically to make it easy for people who don't have access to the banking system in real time to be able to trade right without dealing with all of the the cumbersome regulations that may have been you know in in place in the us but not necessarily offshore this doesn't really apply to americans for example or people in europe or, or honestly most countries but a lot of traders like tether because it replicates the, the dollar without the typical slow kind of settlement times of the traditional banking system that's the problem that Tether um, was basically solving. Now, it's incumbent upon who's ever issuing that Tether to actually be holding that much money uh, in the bank account. Okay. So, um, you know, the bottom line is, is the question is, is Tether, the company, holding the same amount of cash or assets relative to the amount of Tether in circulation? The bottom line is no one knows. But the irony is, we don't know in the traditional banking system either. Okay, that's not, I'm not saying that's good or bad. It just is, All right? So I've seen recently that, um, you know, other people have, uh, I've seen proof online of people that have wired money to Tether, 
um, that have basically withdrawn money from Tether. So we know it's working, all right? And they should publish audits, right? And Dan made this point in his article that most large auditing firms won't even take Tether on as a client. Well, that makes it difficult to do a high quality audit if, if the major auditing firms won't even take you on as a client. I hope one will, um, but you know, I haven't seen it yet, okay? So the bottom line is uh, I don't see Tether having a significant impact on Bitcoin over time. Uh, but, you know, who knows? I, I, I just don't see it. I think you could get short, small blips if something were to happen. But most Tether use is outside the U.S., for example. The U.S., we use the banking system. Uh, other crypto, uh, other stable coins like USDC are growing even faster. So... Uh, to me, it's, an, it's, it's a big nothing burger. Okay, so one thing I forgot, for those of you who stuck around, uh, is our uh, contest winner. Maybe you've been sticking around because you've been waiting. I totally forgot. So um, April uh, Shardrich, uh, you our, uh, April Shardrich Manuel, um, you our, are our uh, uh, weekly uh, crypto contest winner. You win $100 in Bitcoin. Uh, I, the tweet was, don't let nobody write your own story, MNL. Awesome. So congratulations. Uh, we're going to keep running that contest. Uh, please promote Money Talks. Uh, if you're on YouTube, click subscribe. It helps us promote the show. When we're done, the links will be available to share with your friends.